Welcome to the Boosted Volunteer Podcast. We share the stories of dedicated Booster Club volunteers and the tools and strategies they use to run successful booster clubs. We also have sought out experts on fundraising, volunteer management, and running nonprofits to share best practices. Hosted by Robin Eisler and Evan Eisler, you won't want to miss these great episodes that will help you run your booster club like a champ. Welcome to the Boosted Volunteer. Today we have Carrie Ann Bowles. She's the secretary of the Falcon Gridiron Club. She's also a personal coach. So we're going to hear today about her role in the Booster Club, some tips and tricks, and a little bit about what goes on outside of the Booster Club. So Carrie Ann, welcome. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, tell us a little bit about, we know that you spend a lot of time dedicated to the Falcon Gridiron Club. You do an amazing job there. What do you do when you're not doing your Booster Club work? So I still have a child at home who will be a senior. So he takes a lot of my time football related on even I'm do booster stuff, but then he's got his own recruiting stuff. That's very, I help with that. And then I am a women's midlife health coach. And so I like to, that's kind of my baby and business that I'm growing. And so I'm dedicating some time to that. So I kind of like everybody wear a lot of hats. I find a lot of times that volunteers and booster clubs tend to be business owners because it's a very similar set of skills, right? You know, running your own business and running a booster club. It's funny because while I'm in the booster club and I'm building a business, I do see a lot of parallels as far as like branding and things like that. And it's really important. Like I want the booster club, even though it's nonprofit and we're there to support the football team, you know, the high school football team, it really is a business in itself. And so there's a lot of parallels there. You know, I actually, I love that's one of the things I love so much about your club is your branding. You guys do a great job from the website to all the products in the store are done well. And I don't think people always think about that when they're putting together like here, you need to buy this and this and this, but it's amazing how consistency and branding and all of that impact what people do. I wouldn't say I have an eye, but I appreciate things when they're presented in a certain way and order and they tend to look the same. So I really try to put that same effort and, you know, our brand out there. And we have really great volunteers that help us with the graphic design. And so it's really great when I can go to someone and say, Hey, we want to do something like this. Give me what you got. And then like, we can create something around it or use colors. And I try to make everything look good. In our business, I stress over fonts and my team thinks I'm crazy, but I'll say, no, it's got to be one point bigger. And they're like, what are you talking about? It is totally fine. But I think at the end, when you've put that kind of effort into the details, you really see it pay off in the end. Even like for sponsors, if they're thinking about sponsoring, when everything's put together, I think you've got a better chance of getting their money than if you've got it in 10 different fonts and colors and logos that don't match and things like that. I know that's true for me as someone that would sponsor or someone, I look at the overall package. And so it's important to me. And since I'm the one that helps the face of the online presence face, like Mm -hmm. I'm able to help influence that. And so who knows what it'll look like after I leave. (laughs) And maybe it'll be even better. Like the what? The next person could be even better at it. I love it. I love it. Well, tell me a little bit about your booster club. So it's a football booster club. Talk about the size, what y'all do, some of the programs you run. Well, we have about 110 players. We're for a school, so I know that different states have different classifications, but for our state, Washington State 4A is the biggest, 
And we have about 13 coaches and we, as a booster club, are there to support the head coach and the coaches and the team and the boys and the players on the team. And so that's our primary goal and our primary job. And we provide almost everything. We get a very small amount from the school district. And so we have to raise everything to cover uniforms and on the field equipment for the coaches and things like that. So the kids are expensive. As you know, football players are expensive to feed. And so we provide all team dinners the night before games in the season and snacks. And they were just at camp and we made sure that they had snacks when they were there and, you know, stuff like that. So one of the things I've noticed, you all do a lot of spirit. Do you manage that? Somebody else manage that? How does that work? Well, most of our spirit wear we will do through like BSN. So Mm -hmm. BSN will manage our practice player packs and our spirit wear. Last year, BSN was a little bit different. So I know, I think you probably saw we had to pay for the practice packs through us, through Booster Hub, and then we had to pay. But this year they streamlined it. So we didn't have to do that as much. So we do use BSN for a lot of the spirit wear. And then we sometimes order things and put them on our team store. And then we have our junior football program who also manages swag. So they kind of do it on a back end. It doesn't go through Booster. They're separate. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Perfect. Great to know. Yeah. It's a lot of programs use those third-party spirit wear companies to kind of manage that. I think that's a great idea just because buying shirts and hats and you get the wrong sizes or the wrong colors. And then they sit in a storage room for years. It becomes a lot of wasted money. Well, I I have in my garage practice (laughs) packs that kids didn't pick up or that they didn't pay for, you know, so it's much easier if we can just use the third party. Yeah. Do they ship directly or does Mm -hmm. it all come in? Oh yeah, that's great. That was my requirement. I was like, every time we did one that shipped to the school and then we dispersed it, like the order was wrong or somebody didn't get what they wanted. And we looked at the cost and the amount we were making on everything. And I said, it's just not worth it. You know, we're volunteers. Our times are limited. So to have that direct shipment is really nice. Well, what's your why? Why do you dedicate your time? I know that you put a tremendous amount of time in. So sometimes I was like to ask people, besides for your kid, because we all know right. that. <laughs> yeah, besides for your kid. It's funny because I saw that question and I'm like, gosh, I don't know what my why is. When you're asked to do it, you're kind of like, well, do I really want to do it? And I did it because I felt like it was the right thing to do. I was asked and I liked the incoming president who asked me. We were friends. So I really like being a part of, because I work on my own and I'm kind of a solopreneur, if you will, being on the Booster Club, I have like collaborations. I collaborate with other people and I have conversations with other people. And so I'm not alone. And so I really like that those touch points, I guess. And it's been really fun. It's my third year. And it's just really fun to make those connections and make decisions together and brainstorm. And that part that I miss from having a day job 20 years ago. I think that's one of the reasons we do this podcast, because a lot of people in booster clubs don't have peer groups to go see what other clubs are doing. Some of them do within their school, but like the various programs sometimes are so different, but you know, football to football or band to band or you can kind of just see what other people are doing and you get great ideas and having those work groups is so important in anything that you do, right? So has the role impacted other areas of your life? It talks a little bit of how it's crossing over into your work role and other any other positive impact? Well, it takes a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of it for me is you make of it what you will. And I think I will admit that I probably put more time than I probably need to. I think that's my personality. And when I get in a role or in a position, I really want to make the best of it. And I really want to put my best work out there. 
And so even though it's volunteer and I still want it to be at the end of the day, a good product, if you will. It's just hard to say, like I, like I was saying earlier, I see parallels between like branding my own business and things like that and working in my own business. There's just a lot of parallels there. So it's kind of nice to just have that crossover a little bit. What's the biggest challenge in your booster club? I would say fundraising. It's almost always lack of volunteers or fundraising. And Yeah, and I actually would say lack of volunteers and fundraising. But when we get closer to the season, the volunteers always seem to fall into place. I wouldn't say that's as much of a challenge. Like right now I would say, gosh, we need, but we don't have everything in place. We haven't really been promoting the volunteers yet because the biggest time we need the volunteers is during the season. So I would say just fundraising and most importantly this year, because we have a season opener in Hawaii. So we had to raise additional funds. So it's just been, it's been different. (laughs) I want to know about the season opener in Hawaii. I need to hear about this. So last year, a Hawaii team came to us for our, our season opener. And so this year we are going to Hawaii for our season opener. And our team, our program, every few years likes to do a big trip like that. So the last trip they did was in, I believe, 2019, and the team went to San Francisco. And because of COVID and where we live in Washington State, we had a lot of shutdowns and a lot of things like that. So this is the first year that we are able to do anything like that. In fact, this is the first year the kids were able to go back to their summer camp, like their four-day camp that they do every year. The last one they did was in 2019. So every player on the team, freshman through senior, had never experienced camp. And my son will be a senior. And so this was his first year. And I'm just so grateful that he got to go and experience camp because my daughter's older. And so her friends had experienced, like I had heard about camp and my son had heard about camp and all those traditions that the football team does that you get to start doing as a freshman or incoming freshman. You haven't even stepped on the high school campus yet, but you get to go be with the high school kids and go to camp. He never did that. And so I was really excited that all the kids got to experience that this year and then that they're also going to do one of their big trips and that's this year it's Hawaii. And so every few years the team will do that. And so who knows where the next one will be. One year they went to Alaska. That's awesome. You hear about that with the bands, but you don't hear about it too often with football. That's Mm -hmm. cool. What's just general ballpark costs? What does it cost to do something like that? And do you raise the funds or is it a fee or how do you go about putting that? Well, so the way our football program does it is they raise money to send the coaches and then the players have their own individual fees. Okay. So we do fundraising to send money to get the coaches there because if we don't have coaches, we don't have a team. Right. Right. And then there's fundraising opportunities that the individual players can do separately to raise funds for their travel. Got it. I just can't imagine trying to coordinate all that and put it together. And, you know, we did it. Love it. And my next question is, what's your biggest success? I'm wondering if that's it or if there's something else. What is my biggest success? Well, personally, I feel like my biggest success would be implementing the Boosterhead program. Oh, that's great. So personally, when I came into the role, Everything was managed on Excel, like all of our rosters. Right. And every time I'd send an email, I would have to go copy and paste in multiple places to send an email and lots of trial and error, every email and it got daunting. And I'm like, I don't want to send emails anymore. And so I was looking for program or whatever. And so anyway, implementing Booster Hub has just personally been my biggest success because it's been really streamlined the email process, the communication process this managing store items and all of those things and being able to implement it with our own website. Mm -hmm. That's been 
so I would say personally, that's my biggest success. Well, I'd love to hear that. I'm glad that it was helpful. And the goal of that whole system is to streamline all the activities, make it less time to do things. So I'm glad that has worked out. Do you have kind of a unique fundraising? We talked a little bit about the trips or unique volunteer. Do you have a big event or something that you do? So we do an auction every year. Our annual auction and our sponsorship and advertising, that's where we make the majority of our funds. And then there's we have dues. So that's the supplemental part. And so those three things are where we, how we fulfill our budget. And then this year we had to add on something else for the Hawaii. Gotcha. Did you do a whole nother event for that or? We used different type of program, kind of like what your booster bucks are going to be, but you didn't have them. (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah. An online fundraising tool. Yeah. Yes. Those are just super helpful. What's been your favorite moment in your role? Like, or is it yet to come maybe this year? Yeah, maybe it's yet to come. I don't know. Like, that's another question I saw. I'm like, I don't know what my favorite moment would be. I guess I think that could be yet to come, like you said. Yeah, you've got a lot of big senior year, big trips. Senior years on the horizon. What do you think is the best way someone can get prepared to run a booster club? Gosh, that's a tough question because when I joined and with the president, we kind of got thrown in (laughs) because we were coming off of COVID. So when I first joined, I was the freshman rep and the current president was, he was an at-large member and our children, our kids were freshmen. And that year we didn't really have it. There was no season. I think they played four games in the spring. So we didn't really get to experience what the booster club did like normally because there wasn't any normal at that point. And so the following year in 2021, yeah, because it was 2019, then 2020. So the following year, 2021 season is when we really kind of started getting back to normal. And so we really, Michael and I leaned a lot on each other to learn and in talking to the previous board members and learn kind of going from there. Yeah, so much of booster club work is like tribal knowledge. And especially during COVID, I know in our own club, we didn't have our biggest fundraiser of the year that people had never been to. If you've attended it once or twice, you kind of understand it, you Mm -hmm. know how to plan it, but we were trying to explain, okay, we do this thing and Mm -hmm. you've never seen it. So let me (laughs) explain what it looks like. Well, exactly. And a lot of what we ended up doing is change. We made changes and we kind of took it at liberty, like, well, we can make it what we want now, or we can change it. So some of the traditions might've got lost. And I know that there's some in there that I remember hearing about that I don't really know about that I remember, oh, you know, that's kind of a bummer kind of thing. But for the most part, nobody knew about them. And so we made our own (laughs) new tradition. (laughs) I think we did some of that too. The things we didn't like, well, those aren't coming back, but the ones Mm -hmm. we did like, we're going to make those bigger and better. (laughs) Right. So we took it, I think everyone collectively took it as like create, like let's, we can improve upon or make changes or make what it feels right for us. And so we kind of felt like we had a little bit of freedom there. Well, it sounds like a lot of your background and owning your own business has really just helped you excel so much in this role and to grow into it. And I always found that when I did nonprofit work, it always paralleled what I was doing in my business at the same time. So like tools or processes that I did in one place crossed over, it always just seemed to be serendipitous timing. Maybe it wasn't, but it felt like it at the time. So is that something that you've seen between your business and the Booster Club? A little bit, you know, like I see some email marketing, for instance, you know, I kind of understand a little bit that you need to be in front of people a lot, right? And so sending multiple emails and things like that, that I know that you have to do when on your other side of the business, like I have to send a lot of emails and things like that. So I definitely see that kind of parallel for sure. 
that's my personal tagline is they have to see it seven times before they Mm -hmm. do it. And that's volunteering or fundraising or buying something. So just treat them all the same. And I know, and it's hard to feel like you're not bugging and (laughs) just communicating with the parents and stuff. And I know that emails are challenging because we don't all want to read our emails, right? Like they just get bogged down. And so I really try to send a weekly update email. So it's almost like a newsletter every week. And then I tag or I make all my subject headings similar. So like I say, WHS football, and then I'll put in what the email is about. It's like, if it's about the auction or if it's about spirit wear or, or if it's about camp or whatever it is so that they can just keep it in their folder and then they can search camp or auction and then it'll pull up. And so I try to do it that way for the most part. And then I have the weekly updates. I've seen some of your emails and they're great the way they're laid out and sectioned. And it's just creating a pattern. When I talk to people, just create a communication pattern that people are used to. And then they know, okay, it comes Monday or it comes every other week. Even just your booster club meetings, set them in the same pattern so people can recognize when they are. Because half the battle is just getting them (laughs) to show up to read it or to show up for that. Right. To get anyone to read the the emails is hard. And yeah, I do the best I can. And at the end of the day, they either read it or they don't. <laughs> yep, yep. Okay. So you're headed into senior year. This is the last kid at home. So you, I imagine your role is going to be retiring at the end of this year. Yes. What are you going to do with all that extra free time after that? Oh my gosh. I'm going to have so much extra free time. <laughs> I'm going to work on my other business. I'm going to actually be able to spend, dedicate more time to that. And I dedicate a lot of time to the booster. So it'll be freeing to not have that anymore. Yeah. It'll be sad. I'll miss it, but it'll be freeing. I thought that too, but now I'm like the mother of all booster clubs. Right. You are the mother of all booster clubs. (laughs) Now I'm like, you know, do all the booster clubs know it's a great place. I love doing it. Okay. So my last question is, so did you play a sport or an activity in high school or school? No. I mean, when I was in junior high, I was played the clarinet. Okay. So, but I didn't do anything in high school. That's good. I always like to ask people because there's always some interesting answers. We had one on the last podcast where she did equestrian in school and I thought I didn't even know that was a thing. Well, thank you for all that you do. And, you know, we appreciate, I appreciate the time that you put in because we know how important that is and that our kids' activities just wouldn't happen without dedicated volunteers like you. So we appreciate you taking time for the Boosted Volunteer today and sharing your story. Well, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And we'll be on the lookout for an update on that Hawaii trip. So I'm curious to hear. I know that's coming at end of August we go. So be fun. And we have some families going, so it'll be summer vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Great. That's great. The Boosted Volunteer is brought to you by Booster Hub. To find out more about Booster Hub and how our app can help you improve communications, increase engagement, raise more money, and manage your Booster Club responsibly, visit www.boosterhub.com. And then make sure to search for Booster Club Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Booster Hub, thanks for listening.